Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. We do roll on on this uh, Thursday morning. It opens up uh, the weekend. Weekend starts today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it started with some rain. I'm looking at the forecast. We know we had the rain through the, the drive time, but it uh, looks it's like it'll clear out this afternoon. Oh, man. It was nice, though. It was nice driving. You to ran work in the, the rain. rain. You I jogged in the rain. rain this jogged in the rain. Pulled the Andy Dufresne. Just stood out there and let it wash over me for a while. Shawshank Redemption style. Not the not the scene where he's crawling through the you know what the scene where he's like in the rain at the he finally free the freedom scene once he crawls yeah exactly crawls through the the excrement hey it was symbolic you had to do it you had to do it the only sometimes the only way out is through. The crap. only way out is through, baby. You're through. Right. Yeah, sometimes it is crap. Well, Longhorn fans <laughs> hoping that they're through the miles of crap. Right? The seasons You're of right. crap. That was very <laughs> fitting. That's how Longhorn fans feel. No. The last 50, <sighs> the last 12 years. Yeah. Well, since the last time. <laughs> 13 well, the, years. The, 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 the second to last time <laughs> that they played Alabama and Colt McCoy got hurt and the mediocrity that ensued and the bad football that ensued beyond that game. And uh, now it seems like it feels like it's back. Can they keep that momentum? Wyoming, the opponent. We'll talk more about them coming up. Rod's rant. Uh, also behind the burn orange curtain, Wyoming yes, is a is a defense is their strength. They've got a sixth year quarterback that likes to run when he needs to. He's a gritty dude. He's a tough dude. Look, he can't be from Wyoming and not be a tough dude, right? You got you're, you're yeah. I like. Yeah, I mean, I like tough people. Generally, if you watch a couple of games with him, you'll become a fan. And you you may not be evaluating him as a, a good quarterback. <laughs> no, he's one of those tough guys. But he's gritty, man. He's gritty. Yeah. He's got a lot of testicular fortitude. He plays that way. Yeah, we'll learn more about Wyoming, but obviously this game's about <laughs> Texas. If they handle their business, good week of practice. Uh, you know, Wyoming can challenge them. Um, you know, a little bit with some defense, a linebacker core that you really like, a front that you like. I know we'll learn more about yeah. that coming up. And as I said earlier, my tip to you folks out there, Uncle Lee's tip is uh, if you if you have a if your wife is begging you to do something on a Saturday, like a project, house project, you know, something in the yard, mm-hmm. and you know it's going to take a few hours, and but you're like, man, Sunday Saturday football, this is your week. This is your week. This is what this week is calm before the storm. There is not a single matchup of ranked teams this weekend, Rod. Not a one. There are some games that, you know, you'll you'll try to keep if up with. If it's your team. Yeah, yeah if your team, you'll watch it. But, yeah, man. There's well, like, nothing sexy about well, like, this week. Like, Rod, even me, I'm not going to be at the uh, the event at Mockingbird Saloon <laughs> this week. You and Patrick Davis will man that ship with Ty. i got to go to a wedding. My, my good buddy, one of my great friends, his son's getting married, so I've got to be in the Metroplex Ooh. for a wedding. Uh-oh. But I am going to do the Inside Texas Watch with us. I'm going to be able to go to the wedding, get over and do that. I'll, I'll be back for the end of the reception. You know what I'm saying? Nice. So, yeah, somebody get – so, hold up. Do you know the couple really well? Very well. Well, they're, two, they're a couple of our best friends, and it's their, their is, son's is getting the, married. Is the, man of, is the man getting married a football fan? He is. Wow. He oh is. man, and getting married during the season. Yeah, he yeah. he's committed. There you go. He, he, he's, well, it's like our guy Derek Cohen last year got married during Texas OU. He did, which means, like I said, he loves her. That's 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 real love right well. there. Because that means he couldn't put his foot down when the date came up. He couldn't go, babe. No, not happening. Yeah, that wasn't like happening. I'm not. No, that's not happening. Pick another date. He couldn't do that. He just want. No, and trust me, it ain't smart to tell your wife your woman yeah. no a lot. Well, the funny part of that deal <laughs> We're is pick and choose those occasions. They well, don't like to be told no a lot. They don't like that. Well, they don't the, like rejection. The, the, the friends of ours <laughs> live in our neighborhood there in Onion Creek, and they when I when I first met the couple that is getting married, I, I, I didn't know this about their son Logan, who was he, he had never really had a long term girlfriend. He had had girlfriends, but nothing real serious. He's kind of like Ty over there. And when I, we we had met them, we 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 hung out at their house, and um, I predicted to them that y'all are going to get married a couple years ago. 
I was like, yeah, y'all, y'all two are getting married. You said that to really? me about the me couple? and my ex-girlfriend, too. I did not. You said, I think that's your move. No, yes, I you know, I've never like, even oh, met your girlfriend. Yes, you did. One, well, one time at the- uh, Oh, I met like, oh, I you'll remember be, her. You'll be, you'll be thinking about it sooner than you think. And I met like, her. No, yeah. well, I, you, think so. I, I had only met her. I met your girlfriend one time at the uh, the Flex event over yes. at- uh, the, That was for like one minute. Yeah, I, I remember that. No, well, we spent a good, good amount of time with them that weekend, and I was like, yeah, you guys, this seems like like the right thing. And uh not have That's not my move, but I, I predicted it, so now I have to, be, I have to go to the- How wedding. many couples have you fixed up that are now married? Oh, no. I don't know. I fixed up like three of them that are now married. I'm pretty uh, good. I got I a pretty think... good hit rate on fixing up people that are now married. My man Stevie Lee, his wife Summer, I nice. fixed him up. Stevie Lee, oh man, he owes me. Every time I see him, I'm like, you owe me, dog. And we were, <laughs> we awesome. were living in Ken Solving, <laughs> Ken Solving dorm for the summer. And, you know, your boy, I was like, I was in time mode. I was in sex parenting mode. So I'm hitting on everything that's moving and walking. All right. And I hit on this group of uh, girls. Uh, it was two girls, and they were, they were, they were nice. They were awesome. Um, but she told me she was like, "No, you're trouble." She's like, "You're cute, but you're you're trouble." I can tell. Like you, you're not ready to commit. You're not a nice guy right now. You're just cute and you're fun to be around. I was like, I was like, "You want to meet a nice guy?" She was like, "Yeah, I want a nice guy." And I was like, "I actually know a nice guy, like a genuinely nice human being. He's he's a really good guy, and you'll you'll think he's great, and you'll you'll love him." And I was talking about Stevie Lee. My boy Stevie Lee. And I was like, all right. Because I was trying to hit on the first. And she was like, nah, you're too D-baggish. D you're too douchey for me. So I introduced her. And I was like, y'all don't get along because she likes, she wants a good man and you're a good man. And I remember telling them at the time, I was like, you're, you're a good man and she wants a good man. Go ahead. Boom. End up getting married. Boom. That's like, that was my second one. I got like three of those on my on my list. They so and, where, and all together, all still together. No divorces yet. That's awesome. Woo! Well done. I don't know that I've ever because those two I didn't fix them up by any stretch. I just met them when they were mm -hmm. early in their dating lives. Oh yeah. This says he sounds like the Jinx. He jinxed Ty. I didn't jinx Ty. That, that girl <laughs> would have married Ty if he had asked her. Yes. Oh yeah, Ty. That's a problem. She, Ty wouldn't commit, so Ty she had to move on. Yeah. Ty said, "I'm out." <laughs> she wanted Ty to commit. Ty ejected. He did not. Uh, that girl would have married him. <laughs> that's a great one. Ty's the one who wanted out. He I didn't jinx a damn thing. Saboteur. Saboteur. I sabotage myself, actually. Yes. No. Oh, men do it all the time. Men are too much of a coward to break up with a woman. So yep. what we'll do is we'll sabotage the relationship. If she's got enough self-respect and dignity, at one point she'll go, why are you treating me like this? I'm out. And that's what we hope because we just don't want to do it because we're cowards. We hate the awkward conversation. Well, this says we planned our <laughs> wedding around Texas bye week in uh, 08. Still married 15 years later. There, there you go. go. See? Yeah, bye week. That, bye week. That, that, that's the key to a good marriage. Compromise. You guys talked to that. I was like, all right, babe. What about the bye week? She was like, okay, bye week will work with That'll me. Work good. That'll work. All right. Strong, that's marriage in a nutshell. Yeah, so I, but I, to the, po the point of that is I won't be at the Mockingbird Saloon with you, Rod, but I will be at on – uh, Texas football with the in, in, watch with us stream on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So during oh, yeah. the I'll game, join you Texas, for that. Yeah, you'll be on with me. So. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So I will get to see you on Saturday. But that's the way it's going to work. I think, I think the wedding is like five o'clock, and it's in, in, way, way up in uh, east of Dallas, up Ooh. northeast of Dallas. And so I'll be able to go to the wedding, then get over, do the print. You you're know, gonna be I'll dressed nice. You'll be dressed nice for that for that in game watch. Yeah, party. man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Are you gonna be chilling your suit? <laughs> well, I was told it's, it's just kind of out in the country. The wedding, so uh, I was told I could okay, be I like you. Yellowstone. Yellowstone cash. Oh, you wearing a cowboy hat with some no, boots? And a, maybe uh, I could. Do you have a cowboy hat? And I boots? do. I do. You should wear it. Should I? Yeah, dude. Every time you get a chance I'll to wear a cowboy hat, I'll ask my buddy, buddy if I have permission to wear the black hat. <laughs> <laughs> Wifey might but like it. The role play. The the the, the, the <laughs> yeah. point of that is that mm -hmm. uh, this is a good weekend because college football. You know, we 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 get so Jones. I'm not saying there won't be some games, but this is not the weekend. 
You could give this one up. You could give up a couple hours or several hours if she wants a project done or take her to dinner, as I mentioned. Because, and as, as I said, if you look at next weekend, you don't want to be anywhere but front and center uh, because next weekend's mm-hmm. games are unbelievably good. Yeah, you're not going to um, be able to watch all of them. They're so good. Like, I mean, it's too many of them. Too many good ones. Like, I'm, I'm trying to pick what the best game of this weekend is or this Saturday. Ooh. And I don't know what it is. I um, mean, I, and that's uh, why College Game Day is in. Is in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, for Colorado, Colorado State, and just to, to ta- capitalize on Dion Mania. I don't know and what. Primetime. I don't know what the best. That's a great question, actually. Is it? Ugh. <laughs> I don't. I don't think there is a great. Well, game. I mean, I will be interested to see the Houston game against TCU because those are two Big Twelve teams now. I want to watch OU and Tulsa because I want to watch if Oklahoma's defense is for real. Yeah, they, they always test them a little and bit. Tulsa's played a tough schedule. Yeah, Tulsa's usually a decent program. And we also want to see OU and Tulsa to see if Jeff Levy brings his father-in-law to the game again. Okay, no, I can tell you right now that ain't happening. After the blowback reaction, no, that's probably a bad idea. No, pop, no, father-in-law is not invited. No, nope. uh, Kansas State, Missouri is battle of two and O teams. Oh, that's that's, an interesting, that's uh, it. And that's eleven that's in the morning. It. You just hit it. The e, that's the one. Yeah, that's the best game of the weekend, I think. And you know, what I'm interested to see is Cincinnati because, and only because I want to watch them because not not because they're playing Miami of Ohio. But they play Oklahoma the following week, and I Cincinnati they impressed me last week, Rod, by going to Pittsburgh and beating the Panthers, beating Pat Narduzzi's team. They're two and zero. They're playing some good football, and they will host Oklahoma next Saturday. So yes, you said you'll watch Oklahoma against Tulsa, but that Cincinnati game can be a sneaky tough game because Cincinnati was heck. They were in the Final Four a couple of years ago. Now mm-hmm. Luke Fickle is gone. Desmond Ritter, Desmond, their quarterback, yeah. and Sauce Gardner are playing in the NFL, but it's still a good program. So I'll be checking out that game. How about Oklahoma State will play South Alabama? That's major Applewhite. BYU Arkansas. Yeah, BYU Arkansas. That's good sexy. Game. I like that. Yeah, BYU Arkansas. Both Arkansas's unranked, but both two and zero. Yep. Both I like two that. and zero. Uh, you got yeah Pittsburgh West Virginia. Usually that would be a good matchup, but I'm not sure about West Virginia this year. So Pittsburgh plays West Virginia, and that is that's the backyard brawl, right? The, yeah, the, those it's a good are, rivalry. That's a really good rivalry. TCU Houston's Ooh. a decent game. Oh, you know what? TCU Houston. That's another one too. So you got like three, you got like four. K-State, Missouri, TCU-Houston, BYU-Arkansas, like three or four that I'm interested in. Me too. Well, mm-hmm. and again, I don't want to – you guys can look ahead to the schedule next week, but seriously, there are 15 games next week. No, take easy advice. He's right. There are 15 games next week that you want to not miss. He's not joking. Uh, and I'll just give them to a couple to you again because next Friday, the 22nd, I don't know why these they're four. I guess the Pac-12 is going trying to play these Friday games to I get know. some TV. And a lot of coaches hate that. A lot of college coaches because they think that Friday should well, belong to high school well, football. Rod, that that Oklahoma Cincinnati game I mentioned is on a Friday. It's Friday night. Yeah. Next week, but also on that next Friday night, you have UCLA Utah. Both teams are ranked and that's undefeated. Se- that's sexy. I like Oregon that. State's and Wash at Washington State. Both teams are in the top twenty-five. Washington State said we belong in the Power Five. Yeah. And then come Saturday, man, you've got Ole Miss, Alabama, Colorado, Oregon, mm-hmm. with Bo Nix and Shadour Sanders. That's nice. You've got Arkansas, the Clemson LSU. Game. Well, Clemson was a big one, right? Yeah, Clemson plays uh, Florida State. Yeah, huge. And that's a huge game because Florida State is off to a 2-0 start, and they look like a contender after beating LSU week one, and they have to go to Clemson, who's unranked right now, but that's still at Death Valley, which won't be easy. Uh, how about this, Rod? You've also got Ohio State Notre Dame in prime time. Now that is a that's a that's a big game. At, <laughs> that's at, at South game. Bend. That's a ratings monster. Uh, Texas, of course, will play Baylor in their conference opener. The Bears are current. Bears better win this week. They're playing Long Island University. 
<laughs> Long Island University. Uh, the safe bet they'll win. Whether, safe bet. Whether they'll cover or not, that's a different discussion, but they'll definitely win. I don't know a damn thing about Long Island. I don't need to. Also, Arkansas LSU next weekend. UTSA Tennessee next weekend. That's a sneaky uh, game I want to watch. Yeah. See, UTSA versus so, Tennessee. So, again, use use this Saturday to get any honeydews done. Do something nice for the lady or, you know, for your family. Like, enjoy your family for a Saturday. Enjoy uh, your family. And you could catch up and uh, – because that's just a little tip for me. And I, I and I agree with E, first of all, because I'm going to do it too. But make sure you guys, you know, set it up nicely, right? Act like, you know, you're going to watch the game. And if you're excited about some of these terrible matchups. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. In lo- and, most ma- most cases. Yeah, and then you, did, then you flip the script on Then you break tendency on her. And you like, you know what, babe? You want to get some brunch? Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful day outside. I'd love to go on, get some brunch. On, hang she's out. She's going to say on a college football Saturday. Don't like, set the standard too high. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Marriage advice, relationship advice from time. No, I would don't say, be taking her to Paris. I like the way you say that. Don't take dinner. her where to lunch. Perry's or anything like this. Take her to a nice brunch spot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Don't don't be too. Don't crazy. overdo it. Yeah, no. Take her to a nice brunch spot. Hang out. I agree with Ian. Then start. Ties but, key to a relationship. Yeah. Don't overdo it. When she gets up in the morning, set the bar low. Yeah, you you know, set it all up. Or like Ty said, you can make her breakfast. She'd like that too. You know what I mean? well, I'm talking about in the evening. You could. This could be a night where you're like, you know what? Let's. I know it's college football Saturday, but let's let's go do but something. But Texas is on it. Texas is on at night, so no. Eat <laughs> <laughs> thinking the wrong way. No, no, no. Well, there During you go. the day, we can have quality yeah, time. Yeah, in, brunch or late lunch. Yeah, there afternoon. you go. Afternoon. Mm-hmm. Because I got to watch this Texas game, though, too. Yeah, you're going to have to watch a long And by the way, it'll that be That might not with. be a game for a while. Exactly. And, Very long. It may, exactly. I think that be, should be by half. That game should pretty much be wrapped but up. Hopefully if it's you're not, watching it. If you're not going to the game, which 100-plus thousand of you will be doing at the stadium, make sure you watch it with us on uh, – Inside Texas and the On Texas uh, football app or app, the YouTube channel. And uh, sure. it'll be in-game converse- conversation and coverage of Texas and Wyoming. Right now, it's time for Rod's second rant of the day. Yes, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it, it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, now this is a trend that I noticed last season, started keeping up with, and now um, it seems like it's this this pattern <laughs> um, that I picked up has now truly become a trend, and you may be watching uh, this kind of evolutionary shift in the NFL. So basically, uh, the NFL is dealing with a, a basically dealing with a passing evolution in the, in the passing game, where teams are deciding if they want to throw. Fewer deep routes, and they want to throw more underneath routes. And the reason is because teams have decided they're going to play a lot of two deep safeties, really high two deep safeties, shallow zones, sometimes even three deep safeties, uh, and they're going to give teams the underneath. I'd rather you have to march down the field 13, 15 plays rather than getting that big chunk yardage play for 20-plus yards uh, and then basically getting, landing that haymaker that knocks me out. All right? You're going to beat me. You're going to beat me by landing some body blows. You're going to beat me uh, by, you know, 13, 15 play drives. And as the late, great Bill Walsh would say, well, if I have a 13 to 15 play drive, uh, that's a lot of, that, that's a lot of opportunity for error. A lot, of, a lot of execution to make that happen. Yes, exactly. Right, You need 11 guys execute on the same no page. Penalties. Yes, 10 to 15 different times. Man, that the chances of that happening without you having some self-inflicted wounds of some kind 
are probably going to be really rare. That that was that's why Bill Walsh said you got to win the big the explosive play margin, the big play margin. You win it by one play. I believe his numbers say you win the game sixty five percent of the time. You win the explosive play margin by two or more plays. Uh, the late great Bill Walsh said you win the game eighty plus percent of the time um, and that's basically what this is about so teams are deciding to take away those big explosive plays via the pass and if you're going to get those big plays you want to get it with yak yards yards after the catch or you want to get it by running the football so Patrick Mahomes is probably the, the the best example of this right and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl he only had four passes that went past 15 yards 15 yards or more in the air he was three or four of those passes in 2022 Last season, the NFL saw the fewest number of deep balls attempted since 2006. All right, but the completion percentage was actually rather high, 45%. We'll talk about why that is, but that's the second highest for deep passes since 2006. Week one of the 2023 season, we saw that trend persist and continue. 9.2% of passes in week one of this season were deep balls. Uh, That is down from 2022. You're at 10.4%. Air yards per attempt, 7.1 in week one. That is down from 7.3 in week one of 2022 and 8.3 in 2021. You're talking about drastic drops. You're looking at passes that produce the fewest passing yards and fewest passing touchdowns in week one since 2006. So, we're starting, like I said, we're looking at this this pattern, this trend continue uh, from the last couple of seasons into 2021. I, I sorry, into 2023 from 2021. It's kind of when I started documenting. I'm sure back then uh, it probably started maybe three, four years before that. But you go look at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I, and I love this stat because it is a mind-blowing one. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City had more 20-plus yard plays than any other team in the NFL. They had 83 of them. Um, but they only had, and that led the NFL, right, led the NFL in 20-plus yard plays, but they only had one passing touchdown that actually went more than 20 yards in the air, what they call air yards. Only one passing touchdown uh, that was 20-plus air yards. Uh, he had 41 passing touchdowns, and 40 of them right, were uh, 19 yards or fewer uh, in, in basically your air yards. 2019, this is what the average length of Patrick Mahomes' touchdown passes were. Uh, based on the air yards. In 2019, 17.3. 2020, 13. In 2021, 8.5. In 2022, 4.5 air yards was the average length of Patrick Mahomes' touchdown pass. That was the lowest in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, 12.9, 14.1. Josh Allen, 16.4. Jalen Hurts, 18.5. Joe Burrow, 11.7. Dak Prescott, 9.4. Brady, 8.1. Just to give you a little bit of context and perspective. Um, he Basically, he threw deep on a career low 8.2% of his passes in 2022 um, and if you go look at why that's the case because everybody who plays Patrick Mahomes they play a lot of too high shell coverage that's two deep safeties well if you got two deep safeties shallow zone uh, it's hard to throw into that numbers disadvantage because you don't have the numbers advantage in the passing game anymore you have the numbers advantage underneath and in the box all right, especially when it comes to the running game or your underneath shallow passes. Two high zones, look at the way they increased over the last three years. They went from 36% of teams, uh, 36% of the time, teams playing two high zone in 2020 to 42.6% in 2021 to 47% last season. It will be upwards of 50% this season. 
forcing teams to throw the ball underneath. And why why would you work harder when you can work smarter? And the smarter play is, hey, let's throw it underneath and let's take the yak yards. Uh, the quick game has taken over. This is the reason why the quick game has taken over. 60% of all NFL pass attempts were within zero to three steps for the quarterback. That's considered quick game. 45% of all targets, hitch routes, slant routes, out routes, quick drag routes. So the NFL has become, used to be a three yards in a cloud of dust league. Now it's a three-step drop league. Uh, and, and teams are not going deep because you had all these big-time, big-arm quarterbacks like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, like Joe Burrow, who were threatening deep with these vertical routes and these vertical concepts. The NFL took those away schematically, and now the evolutionary adaptation by the offenses is, let's take what the defense is giving us. We know this because it happened in the Big 12. When the air raid took over in the Big 12 and proliferated all throughout the league, it was not but vertical, pace and space, spread offenses. Defenses started to put uh, two deep safeties a lot, all right, deployed two deep safeties, and, and the Big 12 became what? Slowly, it was a running league cross-dressing as a passing league. It became a running league, and that's why uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor a couple years ago, they were running football teams, hybrid spread schemes that were able to dominate the Big 12 because they had lighter boxes because teams were playing a lot of two-eye safeties. Now, you'll see the, the, the back and forth, right? This is a cycle going on. You'll see teams now put an extra safety in the box to defend the run, giving them a single high safety that will give you more favorable uh, numbers advantages in the passing game, and that's when teams will go back to throwing vertically downfield. So it's just a cycle. It'll go back and forth, but the NFL now is in the middle of its cycle where teams are now starting to take that running game, take those lighter boxes, and throw the underneath routes because we don't want to threaten. Why would I threaten the two deep safety? That's stupid. You like Josh Allen did on Monday Night Football. He had three interceptions to the same dude. All of them were passes over 15 yards down the field because they're playing deep on you, Josh Allen. Why are you trying to force the issue when you can just take what the defense has given you? Right. Uh, and if you can't run the ball like the Bam. Like ding, the ding, Bills ding. don't do. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, I, well, I think what you're saying, and look, last week could have been an, uh, an outlier for the season because we know no one plays in preseason anymore. So, But defense is pretty much dominated. You realize only five teams last week out of 32 scored over 25 points in their game? Mm-hmm. I think that was the number, only five. Cowboys, of course, were one. Both did in the Chargers-Dolphins game. But if you go above 25, so 26 or more, it was five teams. Uh, the, the 49ers did. They scored 30. Mm-hmm. The Packers scored 38 on the abysmal Bears. The Rams scored 30 on the Seahawks, which was maybe the biggest surprise. Dolphins and Chargers-Cowboys, right? But you know that 20 – what's my number here? 25 of the 20, 32 teams were under 25 points? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, because and, and and here's what I'm seeing, Rod, and you can. You, that's why I say it's an out, it's an outlier or the combination of what you just showed us well, about the, deep, the playing deep, not giving up the big plays. Because look, you can go back not long when Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes played in that AFC Championship game that went to overtime. That was, I mean, unbelievable, right? And there were mm-hmm. a big play after big play after big play, deep ball after deep ball. Well, you know, defenses have backed up. Yep. But they're also, with the new collective bargaining agreement, the, the offensive line play is not as good as it's been. Great right? point. Agreed. The offensive line play is below average in a lot of places because, you know. It's, no practice. Practice they don't, time. They don't, they don't, no hit in practice. They don't anymore. hit in practice. That's yep. all been collectively bargained. So you can't be as physical. So the defensive lines are winning, and they're able to cover behind it. And so teams are – that's why they're going to the quick game because we can't run it consistently. So we're just mm-hmm. going to try to throw underneath. The defense tries to rally and tackle. And guess what, Rod? If you get a penalty on a play, even a five-yard penalty – it's hard to get 15 yards in the NFL these days yes, against these is. defenses that are great, uh, unless yeah. unless you have a really good good football team. 
uh, or unless you're the Cowboys and you score on special teams and defense. No, <laughs> and, you know, and the next trend is a good point, Ian. The next trend to watch is because the scoring is down, right? Because passing, if passing is down, then scoring is going to be down because teams score quicker when they throw the football. It takes them longer to score when they're running the football. Uh, this last season, yards per completion, lowest since 1933. Yards per carry, highest in NFL history last season at 4.5. And it was the most competitive season in NFL history if you look at uh, basically point uh, average margin of victory and points and average margin yeah. of victory. Because, yeah, if you're not able to throw, there's less, there's, there's less separation between the teams because the quarterback position, if you can't throw it downfield within the, the arms of Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, they are not as much of a difference maker. And teams are running the football more, which keeps the games closer because they're not scoring as many points. And like you said, it's more defensive-oriented stuff too. So I, I want to watch if the points – are still going to stay low um, because teams are now deciding to run the football more. But that's why, you know, the the running game is important. Teams run the football more than they've ever run it before, but they don't, value, they, the they don't value the running game, right? They don't value the running back. They value the running game, not the running back. My comparison is we value education, but we don't want to pay teachers. Right. So it's like we love it. We, we still need them and we love them. We, we love don't them, pay. but yeah, not the people, not the teachers. So that's to keep in mind. Keep that in mind while you're watching the NFL. That's why teams are running the football more, and that's why these running quarterbacks actually are more important than ever before too. Well said. Rod's yeah. rant. There you go. Text. We'll be watching tonight with the uh, – <laughs> You know, because the Vikings don't even try to run the ball. One of the reasons they got rid of uh, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook and what Antonio Mad- or Alexander Madison, their their replacement for him. He didn't do much last week for their, them and their loss. Uh, and then the Eagles, who are they going to hand the ball to tonight? We know Jalen Hurts can run, but Kenneth Gainwell's hurt. Looks like Rashad Penny, maybe DeAndre Swift. We'll watch that game tonight at 7 o'clock. Rod's rant. Coming back, talking Texas football. You know, there are a couple of connections between the Texas football program currently and, it, and its history and the Wyoming Cowboys. We'll get your details on that coming next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, Rod B, did you know uh, Texas and Wyoming have played a couple times in their history? Also, do you know uh, the Longhorns, the school is on the 40 acres, and they one time hired a coach named Fred Akers. Oh, I actually didn't. Uh, I don't think I knew that, actually. From from the University of Wyoming. Now, he'd been at Texas with Darrell Royal, and then he went off to, uh, for a decade almost. I did not him. know that. Then he went off to Wyoming for a couple of years and coached the Cowboys, and then came back to Texas in 1977 and coached hmm. the uh, Longhorns through 1986. That's a nice little factoid there. Yes. Nice little nugget. Little nugget. Well, and the history of Texas football, that was a very controversial time. That was another moment and one of the main moments when the BBs were out of the box for Texas football because, uh, remember, Darrell Royal was Darrell Royal, and he wanted to uh, hire or he wanted to promote Mike Campbell, his defensive coordinator, to be the head coach. And remember, Coach Royal was the athletic director at the time, too. Mm -hmm. He was AD. He was the boss. Yep. But the big money BMDs (laughs) said, no, 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 no. BMDs. And uh, they went and hired Fred Akers. 
And kind of like we've seen before, Fred Akers was re- never really truly Defensive embraced. Guy. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Fred was an offensive guy. Oh, he was an offensive guy. Coach Akers okay. was offense. Uh, Mike Campbell was defense. Okay. And um, so, of course, the boosters won, and Fred Akers was hired and did a really good job. Uh, nearly won a national championship at Texas, had his opportunities. There was the 83 of the year when they shockingly lost that Cotton Bowl to Georgia. Um, had a muff punt late in the game. I mean, that was it. That was they were they they were they were supposed to win the national championship that year. That '83 uh, Texas team, uh, they were awesome. Uh, but yes, he he was a really good coach at Texas, but it was never really fully embraced as uh, the Texas head coach. And uh, you know that's what Steve Sarkeesian's trying to build, right? It feels like the mm-hmm. BBs are back in the box. Mac Brown certainly came in, and and you would you could argue that the BBs were out of the box, Rod, yeah. until Mac Brown. I mean, so you were talking about for for nearly twenty years, the program was, was disjointed. Disjointed yeah. is a good way to put it, uh, because mm. Fred Akers was a really successful coach, but not he wasn't Coach Roll. No, you know he wasn't Coach Roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they came up short a couple times, and then you know that that led to you know the 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 coaching carousel that they came beyond Fred Akers. And then, you know, that, that didn't settle down until Mac Brown was hired in the late 90s. And obviously then we know what happened for Mac between understood. then. And, yeah, Mac and, understood. Anyway, he also had Daryl K. Roya to help mentor his him. His endorsement, yeah. Yeah, he, he basically helped mentor Mac in that role, and Mac thrived. Understood. He understood all the relationship factor, though. Tom Herman didn't understand the relationship factor. Sark seems to be under, understand the relationship factor. Charlie came in. Charlie wasn't big on the relationships behind the scenes, boosters, donors, you know, with uh, that, that kind of thing. And I think that also, you got, unfortunately, you got to wear a, a lot job. of hats. You got to wear a lot job. of hats, man. You got to wear a lot of hats at Texas. Well, I mean, be prepared for that. It's a big job, right? Uh, <laughs> and we know that. So, yeah, Fred, Fred Akers led to David McWilliams, which then led to. Because remember, David McWilliams was then brought in to replace Fred, and David had been a defensive mm-hmm. coach on the Texas staff when he went off to Texas Tech. Then John Makovic was brought in, and that was kind of DeLos Dodd's idea to go outside the family, right, and bring in someone who had NFL experience. And well, and I think the they 10. really wanted to modernize Texas offense. Texas offense was kind of old school yeah, back then. back in the wishbone days. It was, yeah, they were, they were still antiquated. All and defense. I believe John Makovic came in with the idea of modernizing Texas offense right. uh, a little bit, too. Yeah, that's what, that's what DeLos, and the last Dodds will will still tell you then to modernize mm. the program because I remember when, mm. you know, because right when John McAvey got here is when I was in school at St. Ed's and but we started my get into my media career, and he was done in '97. So it bridged from when I started in college or was in college mm-hmm. to when I started in media and covering Texas, and you know, DeLos would tell you that the. The John McAvoy hire was also about you know bringing the program because uh, I mean I remember when uh, when Coach Akers got or Coach Akers Coach uh, Mc, uh, McAvoy got here, he was stunned at how bad the facility was. Uh-huh. Like he had come from the Big Ten, where the, even Illinois and Ohio State and Michigan, it was for the middle '90s, it was state of the art. And you know, uh, I know my man Bucky would always talk about their weight room. You had to dodge like bat droppings and leaky <laughs> leaky roofs and it was just not a real high i mean bucky was surprised how bad it was that's crazy and you know but that also coincided with the lost dot starting the longhorn foundation and the big money could start coming in right and you could start you know building to going after high big name coaches because the longhorn foundation was generating revenue and the texas football could pay for itself then and then you go out and pay remember during the glory years of the, of the middle to late 90s rod they hired Augie Garrido, Rick Barnes, and Mac Brown, mm-hmm. all in a short amount of time, and all three programs, you know, took off. Coach Gus was out in baseball controversially, 
Uh, Rick Barnes took the basketball program to un- unseen heights, and obviously what Mac Brown did. Uh, so, but that was a twenty-year period between Coach between Dela- between uh, Fred a- between Coach Royal and when Mac s- solidified it in the late nineties. Fred Akers was never really embraced, and no no one really got it back on track. You could argue the very same thing here from Mac Brown's end in twenty thirteen to now. Yeah, that's ten years. And maybe Sark has it back on track, and of course he did not come from Wyoming; he came from Alabama. Yeah, but uh, also he has the full support of the Holy Trinity behind the scenes: Kevin L. Tyfe, Jay Hartsell, and CDC. Shout out to Chris Plonsky, part of that too. But that that united have, front they have a, a unanimity. Yes, behind the scenes, which is what they didn't have those on those uh, kind of dark periods you're talking about uh, behind at the athletic department at Texas when you know. They're really disjointed, and the BBs are not in the box. Seems like now the BBs are in the box. They do. For the athletic department over there. Yeah, and we've seen it across the venue because people joke about director's cups, but every other program is thriving. Football has been lagging. Well, now it feels like football is joining the fun, mm-hmm. and uh, this is uh, on its way to being a great year. So there's a little connection between the Wyoming football program and Texas, of course, but uh, Fred had already been here. Uh, and also for Texas, Isaiah Nayor, right, who you talked about, Rod. He uh, came from Wyoming as a transfer. Uh, you, you think he's going to get a touchdown pass in this game. Well, I just think Sark is going to dial up a couple of plays, packages of plays for Isaiah Nayor. You know, he even said in the – Media availability on Monday. He was asked by uh, a reporter about the trick plays in the Bama game, the double pass, the reverse early on. And he said that we practice a lot of unconventional exotics, kind of exotic plays. And that's not his term. That's my term. But they see what he's talking about reverses, very non-traditional, unconventional plays. So we practice those. And he said if the guys are executing them well in practice, I'm paraphrasing, but he says he almost feels obligated to call them at one point during the game, um, depending on what his feel of the game is. And he said, you know, the guys have a lot of joy when they run those plays because they get to do things they don't normally do. Wide receiver is, you know, lined up in a different place to run the ball, and maybe an offensive lineman gets to carry the ball, the double pass, having a wide receiver throw the ball. It's just really fun for those guys. And I, I agree, it does break up the monotony of the everyday routine and the regimen, which is what all kind of sports and athletes' uh, lives are built on. So I think he is going to do it because that story that he told in media, at uh, the media availability, it shows me that he's trying his best to kind of stay engaged with the, uh, the emotional kind of element of his roster, right? What gets the guys hyped? What gets them excited? What they, what they like, what they dislike? The, this new transfer portal era, I didn't live through it, but I guarantee now it's probably a factor everywhere across the country. If one of your guys on the team who's a, a beloved player on the team, very well-liked guy on the team, playing an old team, his old team, and everybody's got a chance to kind of celebrate them having a big play against the old team. And you got a guy coming off an injury last year after transferring from Wyoming when he was supposed to be the projected starter. I just think it's a no-brainer. There will be a big play by Nayor. Not sure if it ends in a touchdown, but Sark is dialing it up and scheming it up right now. Guarantees drawing up plays. They're Agreed. practicing that play already. Yeah, you want your players to have joy, and uh, Isaiah Nair hasn't done much so far. And by all accounts, he's one of the better teammates and harder workers yes. on the team. Uh, come transferred from Wyoming, where he had 12 touchdowns the year before he transferred He's to Texas and Wyoming. Uh, see if they get him involved. And this should be a game that you can control and get a lot of guys playing time Eight. ahead of your conference opener. Yep. By the way, Rod, the history of football, that, that 83 team at Texas, because Fred Akers had a chance to win a national championship in 77 when we mm-hmm. got here. Speak on it. With Earl Campbell. Speak on it. Earl Campbell. Uh, didn't happen. And then in 83, that was a crushing scene. I mean, you talk about te- te- Texas fans. I mean, 
if you're not old enough, to, I mean, Longhorn fans now, Ty remembers 09 and the Colt McCoy injury and how crushing that was, the, the Michael Crabtree game in night 08 with Texas Tech. Uh, you remember the Big 12 championship game in 01 oh, with Chris Sims. Brutal. You were played in that game. Brutal. But, man, it's hard to top January 2nd of 1984 when they played. Remember, Nebraska and Texas were number one and two all year long. They were the two teams that were going to win the national championship, and they were on a collision course. But it was back when they – you know, one was in the Big Eight, so they were directed to the Orange Bowl. One was in the Southwest Conference, so they were going to to the Cotton Bowl, right? So they couldn't play at the end. Remember, this was back when you had the AP and the UPI polls, and it's the reason the you know the BCS was formed so that we can guarantee that these mm-hmm. two teams play. Well, so Texas went to the Cotton Bowl and lost to Georgia ten to nine. 10-9 on a de- I mean, the defense for Texas that year was unbelievable. Uh, it, it, it's an 83 defense, right? 83 defense. I actually went, I once went and ranked all the greatest defense in Texas football history because I'm yeah. a nerd and I really don't have a lot else to do. I do those deep dive, go rabbit holing. Right. And honestly, when I got done with all the stats and all the analytics, I ended up with the 1983 defense as the best defense in Texas football history. Well, they had history. a ton of NFL guys. Like the best in Texas football history. They put a <laughs> bunch of guys in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, it was all defense and run the ball. And they won. They lost that game 10-9. to And a guy named Craig Curry muffed a punt, which really flipped the game. And that was the only touchdown of the game came when Georgia had the ball in a short field after a muffed punt. And I think the story is, Longhorn fans will, will correct me, but Curry wasn't the normal punt returner. Like, he wasn't the normal guy that goes back there to return punts, and I can't remember why. But had Texas won that game, because the debate would have been, is it going to be Texas or Nebraska for the national championship uh, when Texas beats college? Because they were favored over seventh-ranked Georgia in the Cotton Bowl. Mm -hmm. And Nebraska was supposed to roll past this upstart from Miami, the U. The U. And the U, of course, stunned Miami. Um, Or Nebraska, I should say. Miami stunned Nebraska. So all of a sudden, both teams lost, and the Hurricanes won the national championship. That's brutal. Heartbreaking Ooh, for Texas fans. That fan. is. Yeah. Ten to nine, Rod. Yeah, I said that muff punt. All you needed, I said that you didn't need much offense with that defense. I, I said I got it as so basically if you uh Fred Akers was there for what, till eighty six? Yep. Seventy seven to eighty six, was that it? Yep. So if if I look at my rankings, I ranked the top ten greatest defenses in Texas football history. That would give Fred Akers defenses three of the top seven. Because yeah. I think 83, 79, and 77 should all be in that, that discussion because those road defenses were loaded. Loaded. And, loaded. And that team, they didn't give I, up, they didn't give up like first downs in that game to Georgia. That's what I'm saying. It was, they, it was a flip punt that, that muff punt that changed the game. I yeah, I would also I put 83 and 79. I might go 79. 79 might be number one, honestly. 79 could be better than 83, potentially. Yeah. 79, 83, that's your one and two. And then 05 is number three for me. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's how good that defense is. It's those defenses are, yeah, what Fred Akers had the best defenses in Texas football history. Well, and a guy named Jeff Ward made three field goals in that game. You might know the name Jeff Ward. Yes, I do. Made three field oh, goals. Yeah. yeah, Georgia on the game had 149 yards of total offense. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's a bad day of <laughs> offense. And yet they won the game. Yeah. Because uh, of a 10 to 9. And that cost the Longhorns and Addy. Uh, because they, you know, they, they had what happened, they needed to happen happen that night when Nebraska lost. And they, they all they had to do was win that game. Would have been the national championship. We'll come back. When we do, we'll play a round of Who Said That? Who Said That? On Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L I V I N. E and Rod B. On the horn. Who said it, Rod? Who said it? 
Should I play this again? Because we played it earlier, but you already know who it is. But should we play this again? Uh, Let's do it. The knuckleheads who booked O.J. Simpson to be on their show. Wow. The Juice decided to come on their show the day yeah. after Aaron Rodgers had torn his Achilles, ruptured his Achilles, and uh, you know they thought let's get the let's get Juice on to talk about what went on with the uh, the Jets last night and their star quarterback. This and who said that? Who said that? Was something that should not have been said. Here we go. Uh, the Jets are still going to be good. They got that defense, and that kid learned a lot from Aaron. Unfortunately, nine uh, eleven is just a bad date for New York. You know. Um, <laughs> wow. Man, <laughs> the lack of self-awareness <laughs> by O.J. Simpson. I mean, you can't cancel O.J. He's been canceled already. Yeah. I mean, O.J. was one of the first to be canceled. Right? And I don't even know. You can't cancel him. I don't know what the punishment or consequence is going to be, but O.J. doesn't really have a filter anymore either. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Obvious. Yeah, 9-11 is not a good day for New York. It's not a good day for our country, Juice. I mean, the guy did. a good did, day for the world, Juice. He, he did co-author a book about what, what, what he would have done if he did, in fact, kill his wife. Or ex-wife, I should say. Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman. So, I'm pretty sure that. He does not sure read a room. Happened. He doesn't read a room very well. We know that about OJ. It's not really his strong suit. <laughs> no, not really. What do you have for me and uh, who said that, Rod? Uh, all right. Uh, here's an NFL quarterback. Ooh, quarterback. There's only 32. I probably can guess it. You should. Do you think that anyone is still saying you can't throw deep? I don't care. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> 466 is... Two on the move, going deep, speed race. He's got Hill! That's what 466 is if I can't throw deep. Thanks. There you All go. Right. Gave it away there. You got it. Tua! Tua! I like me some Apparently Tua. they say he can't throw deep. Well, nobody's throwing deep anymore. I just gave you the number. So. <laughs> well, because Brandon Staley played man coverage, they they went deep a bunch in that game. 80% of the time they played man coverage against Tyreek Hill man. and Jalen Weddle. Uh, that is fireable. That's, 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 After that's, watching that game, don't you think the owner, the Spanos family is like, yeah, why didn't we hire Dan Quinn in the offseason? Are you kidding me? We could have had Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn got rid of this bum. Because they're cheap. I know. It's true. Out. Yeah. It's true. It's a good point. Uh, I got another piece of uh, who said that for you, Rod. Uh, let's do uh, – you'll know who this is, but I thought it's one of the reasons he's one of the best uh, in the biz, maybe the best of all time, maybe the GOAT. Coach, in the past, clearly a lot of success, and that comes with a lot of players that had success with you. A lot of players since the loss have came out that used to play on your program – criticizing and saying different things. But why wouldn't we get criticized if we don't play well? I mean, people call me and say, hey, man, I, this guy's a jerk for, you know, saying this about you. Uh, no, he really isn't. I mean, it's it's right. We didn't play good. I'm responsible for that. So we did all these things on offense that I just talked about, add them up. Well, I mean, I'm responsible for that. There you go. Taking mm. accountability. That's Hey, Jimbo. I love that, man. That's how you handle a loss. He's like, they're right. <laughs> it's like, they're right. <laughs> Hell love, yeah, they're right. I love it, man. I love me some If Nick I get Saban, the credit man. for the wins, I get the blame for the loss. I just don't lose that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Especially at home. I love that, man. That's great. That just shows you that's part of that championship DNA. That's championship how DNA How many coaches right do you know who would have said, because they have a former players popping off about they're not as good as they used to, it's not what's happened. You know, they would have been thin-skinned and hurt oh, about that. Oh, yeah, they'd have been taking up for their guys in the locker room, you yeah. know, defending them. He's like, no, they're right. <laughs> no, what, what are you talking about? You saw what happened out there? You looked at that pile of crap out there? <laughs> you, see our, you know, see our offense and 
Gave up 34 points to Texas and uh, couldn't stop them in the fourth quarter. Those are all things that are on me. Mm-hmm. I love that from Nick Saban. That's good stuff. Uh, all right, I got, an, I got an NFL coach Give it to, to me. jump into. You got this ready, Ty? Who said that? On the strip sack from T.J. Watt, after that play, you came back to the bench and, and looked like imparted something to Brock. It kind of looked like a one-way conversation. Do you remember what you shared with him right there? Yeah, just coaching on when we don't get what we expect. Um, and we did get what the second thing we expect. It was just taking too long. Um, and Brock was waiting on it. He saw it all right. And it was could have been a big play. We just didn't have the time for it. And uh, I told Brock, that I'd, I, my last thing I want to do is put you in that situation. Uh, I thought we'd be able to get rid of it quicker. Uh, but when you can't, you can't wait on it for that long. Sometimes you just got to tuck it away and take the sack because we didn't have time to wait on the look. There you go. There it Who is. said that? That's your guy, Shano. That is Shano. He's coaching. Coaching young Niners Brock Niners Rams this weekend. Coach him up. Oh, yeah. By the that's way, good. on that uh, Georgia-Texas game, 1983, or 84 Cotton Bowl. This is, guys, don't remember, a 10-9 game. Jeff Ward also missed a field goal. Uh-oh. Made three. Uh-oh. Yeah, this says, I left that game and drove back to Idaho while listening to Nebraska lose. Oh. Heartbreaking. Yeah. So close. So, so close. And somebody mentioned that Craig Curry was back on on the return the punt rod because they were they were playing. Oh, deep, punt safe. Punt were, safe. Yo, because punt they thought safe. they might go for it on fourth down, Georgia. Mm, and punt safe defense. I think it was Herky Walls that used, was their normal punt returner. And they Ooh. didn't put him on the field. They kept their defense, their starting defense on the field. So the, you know, Craig Curry was one of their state safeties. And yeah, he dropped the punt. Mm. It's a dang coaching mistake. Ugh. Tough, man. 83. Uh, only brought that up because Fred Akers, of course, almost won that natty. He came from Wyoming after, and now Texas is playing Wyoming. We'll come back. Uh, the fabulous, always unpredictable, wild card fifth hour coming Fifth-quarter. next here on Ian Rodby.